0: Welcome to the West Side Podcast. Each week, we'll take a relevant topic under the microscope to see what the Bible has to say about it. You will gain tools and information you need to support your faith walk and build Christ-centered families in Kansas City and beyond. I'm your host, Troy Kennedy. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. We are uh, going to talk about something uh, that a lot of you have been asking about, is Mm -hmm. what How do we respond to the charismatic gifts of the Spirit? A lot of people with a lot of opinions on a lot of sides of the issues, and to help bring clarity
1: to the conversation, my brother Randy Frazee is here today. I am so excited. We <laughs> uh, I'm waiting for people to pick topics that are easy, right? <laughs> but this is a, this is yeah. one, this one matters. It really does right, matter because right. we're talking about the Holy Spirit here, primarily third person of the right. Trinity, and the Holy Spirit wants to be is real mm-hmm. and wants to be active in our life, and we don't want to ignore the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. but also we don't want to uh, we don't want to get it. Uh, get it wrong. Right.
0: And so if, depending on what your church background is, what your history, what strain of Christianity you walk in, whether it's liturgical or Pentecostal or evangelical, um, we just to give bring a little clarity to the conversation, we want to talk about the charismatic gifts of the Spirit, which are a little bit different from Uh, maybe what some of us think of as the gifts of the spirit. So I'm going to walk you through uh, real quickly. First Corinthians chapter 12, Paul writes this. He says to one is given through the spirit, the utterance of wisdom to other the utterance of knowledge, according to the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discernment of spirits, to another various kinds of tongues and to another the interpretation of tongues. So all evangelicals around the world believe that Holy Spirit is active and at work and that God can do whatever he wants. And sometimes Mm -hmm. he might manifest himself by healing somebody. But as far as people having these particular sort of Um, supernatural type gifting. That's really what is in question here with a lot of Christians here today. Um, So we want to explore that a little bit and just kind of what are some of the perspectives that are typically surfacing. So there's really kind of two sides of this coin. There's yes. there's a, a view that called the continuationists, mm-hmm. and their answer is yes, the gifts of the spirit are for today. They are active, they are viable, they are vibrant, and then there's the cessationists that say, No, they yeah. are not viable for today. And anything that's manifest like that is really it's either God doing some, you know, off shoot, shoot miraculous work or it is some kind of uh, manipulation of emotion
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, or some, some kind of misguided use of the name of God. So it, it could be really seen as something very, very negative from someone who's a cessationist. And uh, we're gonna try and just, see if we can put some handles on this for you guys so you can come to your own conclusions. So Randy, what's your what's your first blush? Well, we I think, think that, that
1: that you know, anytime you're having a conversation like this, you do the right thing. You suit up the big categories. We did that with the end times, trying mm-hmm. to lay out here's your options, right. and then help you to think for yourself. Mm-hmm. I think the thing I would say is I was trained uh, in my mm-hmm. in both my undergraduate and graduate study as a cessationist. Yeah, I mean, big time. <laughs> and uh, and and I have to tell you that I have migrated uh, mm-hmm. not to the far corners, uh, but mm-hmm. I find in a lot of my journey that there are smart people on on Mm -hmm. all sides of these wonderful theological topics, and and I'm not saying always somewhere in the middle is best, but I think in this particular case, I have had a bit of a migrationist Mm -hmm. uh, view, and you uh, have uh, rightfully created a third category (laughs) uh, that I'm going to put myself in the middle and probably say that's where I'm at personally. But again, being, uh, uh, you know, no one denies that the the Spirit gives gifts. The passage just read is the Word of God. I mean, this is something the Spirit is actually doing. None of us have problems with the gifts of the spirit like leadership administration and mercy right, those, those have continued yeah. on and so and yet you look at the new testament you go like wow and, uh, you know wow it would be so dynamic if the church could have those mm-hmm. from a cessationist you know perspective like right. wow it'd be great if we just didn't have boring intellectual <laughs> conversations but we can have the you know the the the, the presence of the power of right. god in our midst and uh, and yet you know we uh, cessationist Mm-hmm. Uh, developed a very strong argument as to right. why we took that view from an interpretation of scriptures. Right. And I always felt a bit queasy. Yeah right? I always mm-hmm. felt a bit queasy. There's sometimes when I, I teach the scriptures where it's been repeated over and over again, I'm like, this is what it says, like it or lump it or leave it. Right. But on this particular one, it hinges on this one passage of scripture right. that has to be interpreted and we... A right. inter- very specific way. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know well, when you want to talk well, about no, that. Well, no, I'm
0: glad you brought that up, because, I mean, I, I had the <clears> same kind of emotion. I, I got saved in a very conservative Baptist uh, church, and, and there... What i was raised on was this attitude towards the charismaniacs so it's yep. anybody who was in that <laughs> in that circus. it's horrible just to say that word you <laughs> know but yeah. um people who who were in that strain of christianity they were emotional manipulators yep. they were delusional sure. they were manufacturing the hype and it was manifesting mm-hmm. things like uh people well speaking in tongues but also other things like people holy laughter uh, people being slain in the spirit even things like convulsing uh barking yeah um and i actually witnessed some of that kind of stuff and that made me queasy too just yeah. just to say that um i was raised in that so i was definitely in that cessationist camp And then as like you just kind of articulated, as I got older and I got to know more people, and I went to a university that was supported by eight different denominations. that's helpful. And um, I started to go, you know what, I I definitely moved too. So I would say we had kind of three categories we talked about. One was the cessationist, one's the continuationist. And then the third one is the cautious, the cautious. So (laughs) I would probably fall into cautious and we're not... um, Mm. We're not theologically opposed to the exercise of gifts, but we're cautious. We're uh, more concerned with uh, maybe extreme emphasis put on the manifestation of these gifts. So it can be an emphasis on uh, the gifts of the Spirit and not the fruit of the Spirit. Yeah. right. It can be sort of an unhealthy emphasis on the experienced versus on Jesus. And so I think that's where I'm at. I I think that gifts are for today Absolutely. based on my experience and based on my understanding of scripture, which we'll get to here in a yeah, second. Uh-huh. But also um I believe that I want whatever God wants for me.
1: Yeah, you know? I, I think we got to be careful trying to control uh, the activity of God. Right. <laughs> uh, but we want to come, come to the Word of God, and I think what we're also trying to avoid and uh, is we're trying to avoid these extreme points of view. Right. I mean, legalism, you know, uh, and just uh, and, and, you know, taking out any uh, sense of the that God is at move today mm-hmm. is just awful. But you know, we we know that there are people that have even preyed on. People financially yeah. uh, through these sort of uh, extreme movements. I right, remember the movie right, right, right. Steve Martin played in called "Leap of Faith." I don't yep. remember, that. I remember that. And he yeah. was he was it, very intentionally, mm-hmm. you know, setting it up as they're going to town to town to um, <clears throat> to uh, set these tents up, and they had people that were already pre prepared to be right. healed, and and it was preying on people's desire for hope that a person that they love might be healed, and and right. uh, and there are those extremes. But not all people right. are in that camp. And I also struggle sometimes when I think that the the healer or the person speaking in tongues, which Corinthians talks about, uh, when it all be- becomes really more about them and they somewhat become a celebrity in that regard, right. it seems a bit—that's when I get a little creeped out a little bit there. Right. and then, uh, Testing the spirits, that isn't—but mm-hmm. but again, but there is—that's why I'm in the cautious category as well. There are— Wonderful manifestations uh, mm-hmm. that have nothing to do with all that. They seem to be super duper genuine, and I don't want the people that we serve mm-hmm. uh, to have uh, to limit them access to the full thing right. that God wants to do in their life.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I'm I'm really glad you put it like that because I you know I've always mm-hmm. been. I really reluctant to point my finger mm-hmm. at other brothers and sisters in Christ. And, you know, it's like, there are some things that are, we would say as Christians, are absolutely fundamental. There mm-hmm. are irreducible minimums. We talked about the creeds and things like that. Mm-hmm. But some of these other areas, you know, it's, it's you really got to write off millions and millions of people yeah. to just say, no, this is just a manipulation. There's nothing real yeah. to it. And And frankly, you know, I have had experiences in this area. My wife most certainly has. Yeah. I've had uh, sort of miraculous experiences and things when I've been overseas in other countries. Yeah. Um, we could talk about that if you want yeah, to get we need into to. it. Yeah. But in the United States, we're really seeing, there's sort of like three waves in the history yeah, of this. Good. We yeah. have what's called first wave Pentecostalism in the, in the early 20th century, and they taught that speaking in tongues was the initial evidence of receiving the Spirit. So yeah. basically saying, if you are saved... The evidence of that is manifest in the the prayer language or speaking in tongues um, and members of this movement also emphasize that physical healing was available through Christ and they practice other charismatic gifts um, so some Pentecostal denominations grew out of this who would say that the Church of God in Christ and the Assemblies of God kind of came out of this initial turn of the century yeah. first wave
1: and uh, I, uh, you know I, I always uh, they see that I think you see the pattern in the New Testament mm-hmm. uh, uh, in the book of Acts. In those early days, when the gospel is—and this is how cessationists explained it—I right. so I, I know that line—is that you know, as the gospel is spreading from the Jews mm-hmm. to the Samaritans, which are half-breeds, to the Gentiles, you see this pattern where these people who had received Christ are receiving the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. later, and they're speaking in tongues. Right. And so they—and so uh, it was—it was used to be called a second work or a second work of grace, a, yeah. mm-hmm. a second gift. And yeah. that salvation is a one-two step. You—you know—you believe mm-hmm. it in your heart, and then. You receive the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. uh, and it's evidenced by speaking in tongues. Which um, there's two different types of tongues, as we know. I don't know when we're going to. We're just really, really just riffing. That's what we do here. <laughs> but you know, the, yeah. the, there's there's the uh, there's the private prayer language, which right. is what they're referring to. Mm-hmm. Which is uh, the technical term is glossolalia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, very glossolalia. Good. Yeah, it almost right. sounds like speaking in tongues, right? But there's an a,
0: album by a, an Icelandic band called Sigur Ros called Glossolalia. Yeah, just
1: a little trivia for you. Nerds out there yeah right? there you go it, yeah <laughs> for music nerds right because I've never heard of it and I'm a nerd uh, but you anyhow the uh, glossolalia just means uh-huh. babbling right and it basically there's no there's no uh, known language around right. it it's just, just like this babbling right it's the
0: spirit that, that is uh, in groans that we cannot understand yeah. speaking through you kind of taking something from Rome, and I, have, so.
1: I have several friends uh, that I've been in a room with them when they have engaged in that mm-hmm. uh, and yet uh, glossolalia or speaking in tongues or babbling is not unique to Christianity. Uh, uh, Gosaleli is a very, very common practice in other religions, so Mm -hmm. it's not, if a person engages in it, it's not only generated by the spirit, it can be generated by a number of things that could get you into a trance or whatever, or or gods, other gods or demigods, I mean, could could get you into that. So there's that. And then there's the speaking in tongues, Mm -hmm. which is an actual known language. Uh, which we get in the book of acts. So that that concept of, of uh, uh, that I think where this first wave is coming mm-hmm. from is that they're seeing the pattern in the first chapters of the book of acts. Right. Now once it goes to the gentiles that pattern goes away. Mm-hmm. And you know and then so that's goes like why why didn't they, why, why why wasn't that ongoing pattern you know, maintained uh, right. throughout in terms uh, of
0: the like a second gift, the second
1: thing. gift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They seem to be su- sort of simultaneous, mm-hmm. and so cessationists would basically say, well, um, that is because um, the, the the Jews needed to see for themselves mm-hmm. and arrive on the scene to see the evidence of the Holy Spirit and that they had received the grace. And so I think mm-hmm. it's a decent argument, but a, but a bit of a challenging one. So, um, you know, this uh, first wave is uh, very very important mm-hmm. and. Um, um, I think uh, uh, lays the foundation right. for wave number two.
0: Wave number two. So in the early '60s, mm. the charismatic movement. So some mainstream churches started to incorporate elements of Pentecostal practice and thought into their services. So um, many charismatics don't embrace the doctrine that says tongues is necessary. So there's one thing to say that tongues is evidence of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. It's another to say that if you don't have tongues, you don't have the spirit, yeah. right? That's where you get into the abuse there, and so the second wave didn't necessarily embrace that abuse of it, wow. um, but the, the but they share the conviction that all the charismatic gifts are for today, and they should be pursued by believers. Yeah. So that's the second wave, and then that's we good. have a third wave in the '80s, and this was a much more aggressive. Wave of of kind of charismatic movement, so they would say, yeah, the Pentecostal wave, the f- the first wave, the second wave is a charismatic wave, and then the third wave would be this uh, signs and wonders emphasis. Your adherents would call it. They would mm-hmm. say that um, where that these signs and wonders are normative wherever the gospel is preached, and so they're convinced that Christians should expect healings mm-hmm. and miraculous signs wherever the gospel goes, mm-hmm. and so uh, so it's a little bit more aggressive. You get some of these more um, I don't know know a better way to say it, but just a little bit odd manifestations like barking, like holy laughter, like being slain in the Spirit, some things like that that accompany that. And um, some, like the movement called the Vineyard would be part of sort of around this third wave, and I've had a lot of friends involved with the Vineyard. I have have a, a lot of respect for what the Vineyard does, but like anything, whether it's liturgical practices, whether it's biblical education, anything can become an idol in itself. Anything can be abused. And so in this third wave, you get a little bit more of an aggressive movement in that uh, like you'd say, something that makes you a little bit queasy. It's a little bit too much emphasis on the experience versus uh, on Jesus.
1: Yeah, I uh, just a, co- a comment there. Uh, I really appreciate that second wave because I think that really added some balance, mm-hmm. and they've got some real traction with that. And and, and and to be honest with you, the tension we have here is when you said that wherever the gospel is, there should be signs and wonders. But that's so like the gospel. Right. That's so like the New Testament. Right. And I go, and so part of my spirit says that's absolutely right. And yet I've watched the manifestation of this where you try to manufacture. Mm-hmm. That you you know you you try to manufacture it and sometimes it gets reduced to things like but it doesn't eliminate the power of this but like you say the barking or the mm-hmm. healings are always things like they're, they're never my my son's missing a hand and mm-hmm. so it it, it never right. came up with evidential things like. Giving him another hand. Right. It was always like my back was hurting, and now right. it's not hurting. I, I had a terrible headache and I had a terrible yeah, migraines, yeah. and they're all gone. And I'm not saying that those aren't right, but it just it just seems to me that you know you start to manufacture. So there's, yeah. again, there's there's that tension, that mm-hmm. testing of the spirits to find out what's right. And I think the tension here and the, through this whole conversation is mm-hmm. going to be what does the scripture say, right. and 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 yet we're going to find that good people have read the scriptures and have interpreted them, which we're right. going to get into, mm-hmm. have interpreted them a little bit differently. I
0: think a legitimate question there is too, and this is what I've asked is. Um, if you know, an individual ha- can have a gift like teaching or leadership or administration, and those, are, those things are listed right alongside uh, healing and miraculous signs and stuff, well, mm-hmm. if someone has a gift of healing, why don't they just walk through the hospitals and, and just right. clean them out? Right. um you know and that's what I've always asked myself it's like well is that really a gift or is it just something God is doing and I don't have a great answer to that
1: yeah uh, yeah I, I think that's a really a, a really great one I'll, I'll tell you a couple things uh let me answer to respond to that one mm-hmm. first personally uh is that you know a cessationist mm-hmm. <laughs> <I> know, <laughs> you know that one I know that I know one real well. uh, basically <laughs> would, would say in some ways even with the life of Jesus he did not heal everybody he right. healed very select people some people didn't even ask to be healed or raised from the dead like right. the widow's son from nain I mean he interrupted their funeral service and raised him from the dead yeah. it's like hey Jesus there's other people that are praying that you would raise him from the dead and you didn't heal you know raise them mm. so it wasn't That's really good yeah and and so the idea is uh, what a cessationist would, would would offer is that the purpose of these healings in the in the life of Jesus mm-hmm. and in the uh and in the early part of the church was to give a credibility yeah. uh signs. To, and signs mm-hmm. uh to that this is the true movement this is the true messiah and that they were not designed to clean the hospitals out because that's only uh, solving. Uh, the, a, a problem temporarily. The person who got healed from any sickness is going to get sick again. Right. Is God not God unless he continues right. to heal you? And Lazarus
0: keeps... was going to die again. We've talked about this before. <laughs> it's like
1: the only person who wasn't happy about Ra- Lazarus being raised <laughs> from the dead was Lazarus. He like, doesn't oh, say in the come text, on. But, come on, do <laughs> I have to... So Jesus, do I get to die again? Yeah, it's like, well, is this helping you out? Because it ain't helping me yeah, out. This is a, so, a you know, kill. I mean, death is, you know, the, the death of this body is, you know, there's no overcoming it. Mm-hmm. The ultimate healing, you know, is in the healing to eternal life. But because we don't have a concept of it, that, we don't value that right. as much as being healed from a headache. Right. And so uh, I think that that is, uh, that, you know, one of the answers is that sometimes healing is very selective because the purpose of healing is not to solve our temporary problem, but the purpose of healing is to lead us to the one mm. who can solve our eternal problem. I think yeah. that's one thing. And I'll tell you this yeah. too, Troy, before we move on, is that uh, I, I, I came to a point where I, uh, I started moving and migrating more toward that cautious deal. And I said, God, um, because uh, you know the gift of tongues is either the gift that private prayer language mm-hmm. or uh, the gift that's used in the church that might involve other languages. I said, God, um, it, uh, I should desire it. Say, so, okay, mm-hmm. I desire it. Right. Whatever it is, and I'm not going to force it. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to make it happen. Mm-hmm. But if if if, if I just want you to know I'm open. Right. I don't want to. I don't want to be resistant. And and so it has not ever happened for me based upon the definitions mm-hmm. that I feel like that I have spoken sometimes, and the Spirit has helped move it along right. in a way that it, it had a it had a, a, an impact that was greater than was coming from me. Uh, but I've never spoken in uh, I've never done babbling before. Right, right. You know. Um, well, so. yeah.
0: And- I think it's one of those things. I think once again, I want whatever Jesus wants for me. Yeah. So if if you want to lay that on me, I'm all I'm in all the way, hundred um, percent. I'm really kind of hoping you're just going to have the second coming like this next week. I would appreciate that. But yeah. in the meantime, I want everything that's in the book that he has for me. And and I don't know if that you can lose with that posture. No, um, it isn't.
1: And it's keeping your hands your your hands open and not you know and not. Uh, needing, because uh, we talked about, the, I don't know, if, uh, uh, we talked about this before we started. I don't know if we talked about it now, but there is this um, adrenaline rush with what is sensational right. and uh, versus what's supernatural. So not mm-hmm. everything that is sensational is rooted in supernatural. Right. We want supernatural. But what happens sometimes is when you, cr- you, you have this sort of supernatural experience that's also sensational, mm-hmm. you wanna replicate that. Mm-hmm. And then you get to the place where your church leaders and you're like, hey, our people are coming expecting to have a right. sensational experience but we don't know how to always anchor it in the supernatural, and that right. becomes really dangerous for people mm-hmm. in our place, uh, where we're trying to muster up something that right. that has the appearance of supernatural, but in right. the end of the day, it might be more sensational.
0: And they tend, they tend to denigrate or just or ignore the things that are supernatural, or that are supernatural, but they're not sensational. Right, but there's those everyday workings of the Spirit in the interactions of our lives, and teaching, and the revelation of Scripture, in your own prayer time between you and God. The fact that you have the Holy Spirit within you, right? You got you got the Lamborghini in there, and and, and you it's, you drive it like you go to Price Chopper, um, yeah. you know. <laughs> so we we have those everyday miracles. And I think all the, the, the bigger
1: miracle that we need to be looking at because uh, physical healing. Uh, is temporal uh, but the idea of transformation mm. the idea that the spirit from the inside out has been able to take me who was once rough with my wife and my children and has created within me from inside out a gentleness mm. to me that's a bigger miracle than being healed from a, from a physical illness to yeah. be honest with you because the physical is going to come back uh but um i think that we dismiss some of the the amazing miracles and i think sometimes because they they uh they they go over a period of time we I was thinking about this today, actually. That I think some of the things, if I look back over a period of ten years, you know, something I prayed for that God brought about, I wasn't really following how He was doing it, right. and I never acknowledged the fact that, in fact, a miracle has taken place, mm-hmm. and uh, so we undermine that. Yeah, for sure.
0: Well, there's so there's a we want to go through points of dispute here mm-hmm. on this. So. There's a continuationist argument and yep. there's a cessationist argument. We just want to walk through some of the basic ones um, that have typically come up and then let you kind of, I guess we'll give you a little bit of our take on what scripture has to say mm-hmm. about that. So one, is there biblical support for the the for this whole thing? Is Are these things for today? So the continuationist would say this. Paul gives us no reason to suppose that these gifts would have gone away at any time because they're listed right alongside these other, we would say more, I don't know, mundane, less, less, mm-hmm. less spectacular gifts. Mm-hmm. If you look at uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, there's a lot that Paul writes about this. If you go down to verse 27, he says this, Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And God has placed in the church, first of all apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues, are all apostles, or all prophets, or all teachers, do all work miracles, do all have gifts of healing, do all speak in tongues, do all interpret, now eagerly desire the greater gifts." And he goes on to the great love chapter of 1 Corinthians. But right there, he just lists right alongside each other teaching, which we believe is active and moving today, and gifts of healing yeah. in the same list. So the, so the continuationist would say, well, why would one stop and the others just continue? Mm-hmm. Also, if you go to 1 Corinthians uh, chapter one, uh, in verse 7, it says, therefore, do, do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for your Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. So that's kind of what we're expressing. is like, whatever gift you want from me, this is the one that I want. And the continuationist would say, yeah, well, that's because these things are all still active and they're viable and they're, they're working. Um, the cessationist mm-hmm. right, argues that the miraculous gifts of the Spirit, they were made manifest because they were needed. Because we didn't yet have the New yeah. Testament. Yeah. So once the New Testament was finished, That's put together and distributed, you no longer needed these
1: miraculous signs because the New Testament is sufficient. Yeah. It's the complete right. canon, the complete measure, and we no longer need- That was the big argument and right. and, and we're going to get into the scripture support for it.
0: So here's the one and I think you and I are reading each other's mail yeah. here because okay. The 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 typically the main verse that surfaces here is in First Corinthians chapter 13. When you get, and I'll just read this for you. So he says, Love never fails, where there are prophecies, that will cease, where there are tongues, it will be stilled, where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. This is the key here. But when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. Mm-hmm. So when I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection, as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know fully, even as I am
1: fully known.
0: That's the big that's the big, the big Yeah,
1: and here and here's what I what I like about the biblical support for the continuationist is like it, they mix them right in there together, and from a biblical interpretation point of view, really super hard mm-hmm. to. Hard to get away from that. Hard to get away from yeah. that. It's just like there, it's there. Uh, but then you come over to this passage of scripture, and it only calls out. It doesn't call out teaching and mercy. Mm-hmm. Right. It calls out prophecies, tongues, tongues mm-hmm. knowledge, words of knowledge. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and and it only calls those sort of uh, those types of gifts out, and then says when that which is complete comes, then this is going to disappear. Right. And you and so, you know, obviously. Uh, to be honest with you, you know the continuous view seems more easier to just like, hey, it, it says what it says, but mm-hmm. like, what does this mean? How and, do you interpret that? Now? And of course, the number one question is, what does that which is uh, uh, when in completeness part. comes, mm-hmm. what is that? And right. cessationists say that's when the New Testament right. is completed, right. which is a foreign idea in in the books of the Bible, bo- I mean, I, I mean, I love that. I mean, I, I was taught this view in right. my undergrad and graduate. It's a foreign idea. The idea, mm-hmm. of the formation of the canon, mm-hmm. was a very foreign idea to the New Testament people. In terms of, right? You know, they, they were getting letters. Mm-hmm. You know, the Holy Spirit was moving uh, uh, in them, and right. they were writing these letters. At the time, they didn't have a sense of if was there going to be more, and right. there wasn't. Someone says there's going to be, you know, twenty seven of them right. total. You know, that kind of thing. They just right. didn't have a sense. And it of was going to
0: come together. You know, two. Two hundred fifty years later. Yeah, right?
1: it's really yeah. The, yeah, the, yeah two hundred fifty years later, and it really wasn't even till eighty four hundred mm-hmm. that it really was like the you know Council of Chalcedon or or whatever it was right. that where they basically said this is it you know this mm-hmm. is the deal. So I don't know if the, it, it, it's kind of hard to take that interpretation mm-hmm. there, and I think others wouldn't would assume that this is the second coming of Jesus. Right. So it, yeah. it hinges pretty heavily on that, it, and that's kind of been that was the one I remember. Well, I don't
0: want to give any names, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I remember seeing someone land on that statement and say, well, that's talking about the New Testament mm-hmm. so confidently. Mm-hmm. And I looked at it and go, wait, wait, but I put in a way to, uh, for when I, we only see in a reflection in this mirror, then we shall see face to face. Now I know I'm part then when I'm seeing face to face, I should know fully, even as I am fully known. I'm like, I do not know how you get. The canon of the New Testament, being face to face Face. Face to face. That sounds like Like face to face with with perfection, like Jesus. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that always sounded to me like well, it sounds to me like when I'm finally there's no veil between me and my Savior, then I'm gonna know him fully as he already fully knows me. Yeah. That seemed to be a lot more. Literal of an interpretation, yeah. if you can say that.
1: I agree. I um, agree. I mean, that's where I've migrated, and yet I still have these cautionary types of uh, 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 this cautionary thing in my spirit. Because even in 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 Paul's writing to the Corinthian church, he talks about the abuse mm-hmm. of these more sensational types of right. gifts, and says, "Man, you got to really." You know, you got to really got to chill it out a little bit, and I and I think I'm certainly for that. Where the places where they overly sensationalize it, they haven't chilled out at all on it, and I'm thinking (laughs) I'm I'm like saying you may you probably have the stronger point of view, right? That the Holy Spirit is still moving in miraculous ways, more than just in teaching and mercy, but in probably is moving in these ways. Right. We need to go back and define, again, what tongues are. Again, is it glossolalia, or mm-hmm. is it Acts chapter 2? Right. Is it the ability to speak in a language that you didn't know before? Mm-hmm. And then the whole concept of interpreters and all of that. Right. So, you know, this private prayer language that doesn't require an interpreter mm-hmm. because it's just you and God you know, in this situation, mm-hmm. which is an odd kind of thing, right. I'd I'd love to have it. If right. uh, I mean, we certainly have groanings. I've done that before. Mm-hmm. I'm a great groaner. Uh, but uh, <laughs> that's a T-shirt. <laughs> that's a T-shirt. Yeah. Yeah. But you, uh, so I, I I do I do think what's going to ultimately shake out for me mm-hmm. as has shaken out for me, maybe for those of you that are listening or watching, is is probably going to be that uh, let's let the spirit let's mm-hmm. let the spirit be alive in us today. Right. Let's enter into this with the expectation that we. Don't want to control what the Spirit wants to do. Right. Let's yield to the let's yield our lives to the will of God and the mm-hmm. presence of the Spirit within us. But let's also be super cautious, as the Bible right. teaches us, that let's not bend this over uh, to where it becomes all about right. us, right? So, mm-hmm. you mean to jump, maybe yeah, t- yeah, yeah, more toward the end and application, but. Uh, uh, well, but.
0: that for sure. And uh, and there have been, I mean, there have been obviously abuses, and we've observed abuses of mm-hmm. these things, and there are legitimate concerns from the, sensationists, mm-hmm. the cessationists um, about those. Um, in church history, uh, we have, you kind of have a divide there where the cessationists would say that the, the exercise of these gifts gradually died down during the 2nd to the 4th century, mm-hmm. but yet the continualists will say, well, if you read Tertullian, Origen, Arrhenius, or Hillary— we'll know that these gifts continue well into the 3rd and the 4th centuries. Yeah. So it's like, well, well, I don't know where you're getting your data, but but there seems to be some dispute as to It's like watching happened. Fox News and CNN today. <laughs> it's like they're saying two totally different things.
1: I don't know, where I don't know who to believe. S- yeah. Somebody's not being truthful. <laughs> right. Or maybe neither one of them are being truthful. But that's the same thing here, because I was brought up in the sensationist point of view, and they mm-hmm. said basically, as we look at history, it died out. Right. Now, part of it is we went into the Dark Ages, mm-hmm. and maybe it died out, and that's why we call it the Dark ages, and uh, uh, and there there was a there was some darkness right. there, and maybe we could have used a little bit more Holy Spirit, and and mm-hmm. yet again, uh, I I haven't you know trafficked in looking for these things in Tertullian mm-hmm. and and. Uh, uh, so I don't know who is right there. Mm-hmm. I don't think the the argument hinges right. uh, for the continu uh, the continuationist. I think the right. burden of proof is on the sensationist. In right. this particular deal, that says it died out, and it's a good thing that it died out. That right. it, it ran its course. That we got all the affirmation and proof that we needed to give credence to the validity of Christianity and right. the, and, and Jesus as the Messiah. Uh, but mm-hmm. then
0: again, it's like, well, what, you know, God's going to do what He wants to do. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the other
1: issues that comes up is the
0: canon of Scripture. So the cessationists will say that the canon is closed, and so there are no new prophecies. Any new prophecies right. should be should be considered. We should be, with skepticism, uh, and there, we should be careful of giving too much authority to extra biblical prophecies, right? Because uh, that's going to cause division and confusion in the right. church. The continualist will say, yes, there is a danger in mm. an inappropriate waiting on extra biblical prophecy, but all the evangelicals agree... That the New Testament is the final authoritative word of God for the entire church age. And so any revelations, any prophecies, any words of knowledge have to be measured against the scripture. Um, there's a couple of examples here that Paul taught that Christians are not to despise prophecy, mm-hmm. but rather they're to, uh, but don't uncritically accept it either. Uh, from 1 Thessalonians, excuse me, Thessalonians chapter 5. And when prophets speak, people are to weigh what is said, right, from First Corinthians chapter 14. Um, if anything does not conform to Scripture or is not confirmed by the inner witness of the Holy Spirit people are not to subject themselves to the authority of the prophecy. So basically saying weigh it against scripture. If it's contradicting to scripture then obviously just it's run. it's just and, go the other and way. And
1: I think to you know to support the the continuous here even though I come from a cessationist point of view making me thus cautious uh, the um, is that uh, I I do uh, I do believe there's a difference between someone uh, giving sort of biblical revelatory prophecy mm-hmm. and a believer to believer coming to somebody and, I mean, I've done that before and said, man, I don't know what it is. And I don't Mm -hmm. think I have the gift to, I don't know. I mean, but I've come to somebody before and said, man, God brought you to mind. And I just, I'm supposed to tell you to press on. Mm -hmm. And I've had that before where like, I don't don't I mean, don't follow it if it doesn't make any sense to you, but I think I'm supposed to tell you to press on. Sometimes mm-hmm. I don't make it weird where I think God's telling me to say it to right. you. But I just feel like I feel this overwhelming sense that you need to press on because it's going to work. And I don't I think that may be a modern day sense of I wouldn't think that you should put that in the scriptures right after revelation right. twenty two <laughs> You know, I think it's yeah. something personal in terms uh-huh. of the encounter of the Holy Spirit right. from believer to believer. It, I, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't even pretend that that should be put. On the the level right. of of new revelatory scripture, right. but if
0: someone sense. comes out and says ex cathedra, you know, yeah. thus saith the Lord, this is this is a new word from God, and it's like now everybody has to wear red shoes, you know. Yeah. Yeah, we probably what, should think twice about. Well,
1: that. it's which is why New Testament Christians uh, don't accept Mormonism is because right. uh, that, that's exactly what mm-hmm. Joseph Smith is claiming that he right, has right. received new. The Newer Testament, right. and uh, and uh, that's that's pretty out there, you know. Wow. Right?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we have a, just a few other issues that we can kind of just uh, just kind of chase out just a little bit. Um, one, the use of the charismatic gifts can be divisive, and there have been abuses mm-hmm. in the in church. So that's it's it's a healthy caution to say, hey, anything like this can be abused. Um, that can be an unhealthy view of prophetic words, right? That can cause confusion. Mm-hmm. We, you know, I've had people speak words to me before yep. mm-hmm. and I've had it sometimes be kind of weird. Mm-hmm. And then I've had it be uh, pure scripture. You know, nine times out of 10, it's like they're they're, they're drawing from scripture and they're saying, yep. I think this is the word of the Lord for you today. Yep. Based and it's coming right out of Psalm 27 or something. Yep. So, um, so, you know, always measuring it against the scripture. And then, um, uh, we said this before, an, an emphasis on the charismatic gifts can in many ways lead to an under on the fruit of the Spirit. So mm-hmm. we're more pursuing than sensational mm-hmm. instead
1: of pursuing Thanks. Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and pursuing our character development. So, you know, I can have this sort of like babbling going on mm-hmm. over here and beating my wife at the same time. And right. somehow or another, I'm super spiritual here. Right. I can tell you for sure that that is a gross misunderstanding because the Scriptures is looking more for that formation of who you're becoming like Mm. Christ than it is from this sensation of, so so you gotta be very careful with that. Yeah, if your focus
0: is so much on that manifestation, but then you can rationalize this other behavior because you're such a man or woman of God.
1: Yeah, I cheat people out of their money, but but I offer words of prophecy to people on church on Sunday who run from that. But there's a lot of yeah. genuine, authentic people that believe in the the the, the extension right. of the gifts that don't do that. But that yeah. would be the caution, and you'd be you know careful not to
0: lump everybody who would be in the charismatic stream of Christianity with the televangelists that you. Just loathe because they're so obviously manipulating. Yeah. Um, And I, you know, it's like, I don't want to be associated with that either. Right. I don't, I don't, I don't have, but yet I'm a pretty boring Christian. You know, it's just like, there's not that much interesting about me because I'm not standing up there and people are being slain in the spirit. Yeah. And yet, the Spirit of God is working in and through, once again, those everyday miracles, those everyday interactions yeah. all the time. You,
1: you, you, your relationship with Gwen and your relationship mm-hmm. with your boys, mm-hmm. those are miracles today. You take all of the distractions of the lust mm-hmm. of the flesh and the, you know, the pride of life that come at right. men today and and all the things that take us down and the fact that you you've had this miracle relationship and all that to me uh you know that that is a miracle you've heard that phrase you know uh you know don't expect a miracle be the miracle and i think in some ways that's the biggest aspect of the new testament is is the transformation of us that you talked about earlier from the inside out that to me is the biggest miracle of all how somebody with so much sin and darkness in me can, from a metamorphosis, you know, uh-huh. from the inside out, just be transformed into the image of Christ right. is, uh, wow, that's Well, a big I mean, to learn to love your neighbor with that
0: expectation. Yeah. I mean, that sounds like a that, miracle. That's right a now. miracle. That will yeah. actually
1: change the world right. more than solving all the migraine headaches out there. And I'm not trying to dismiss those who have migraine headaches as, right. well, you obviously don't know what one's like. Right. Uh, so I, I apologize for that. But at the same time, though, that character transformation mm-hmm. could change the world, yeah. for sure.
0: Well, you know, we also deal with um, there are millions and millions of people who have had these experiences and they are pointing to Jesus, giving the glory to God. And so, like we said before, to write all of that off is just like just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. You know, um, there are some people who say that if not. Currently, but in the very near future, there are going to be more Christians in China than yeah. there are in the United States, and it'll be will be the leading Christian country in the world. Um. I just just saw this here today. A study at the Chinese Academy of Social Science affirms that 69% of people converted to Christianity in the last 20 years indicated a healing of a family member or themselves. So the majority of these conversions happening in China are being accompanied by Mm -hmm. some kind of miraculous experience. And maybe that's the God is doing a new work and it's the signs are proceeding the spread of the church. or I, I don't know, but all I'm saying is you can't write off all those people when and, God is getting the glory and they are clearly being transformed. And it
1: looks very much like the first century church, right. you know, when this is happening. And and I, I'll tell you that, uh, you know, you can talk to Jason Morse here and Derek Nunley about what's happening in some of the spots, more remote mm. spots in India right. uh, and um, uh, and just some of the manifestations of that. And even uh, in my cessationist experience these cessationist missionaries would come back and had ventured up into northern uh india where there is spiritism and they got a whiff of spirits and right. they said well i'm not sure what to tell you guys but i saw them it was real and in our this the assessment right. is is at the greater level of darkness and right. oppression is the more need for right. there to be the manifestation of the spirit and again, I think that's true, and yet I would be very cautious to say that we don't live in a place where there's a lot of darkness. Right. And and I tell you right now, uh, America could use fresh wind, fresh fire, uh, <laughs> and and, you use and, a revival. And, and, right? yeah. You know, and it's really interesting. Um, uh, I, I I I won't tell the whole story, but I, I became really good friends with a guy named the the eBay atheist uh, years ago oh, when right. I was a teaching at Willow Creek and and he came and sat in one of my deals and wrote it up in a book called the eBay atheist. You can read his assessment of my sermon. I was doing the message on Jesus interrupting the funeral of the oh, yeah. widow of May, Nain and, and raises him from the dead. You can imagine an atheist who doesn't believe in God. Oh, what do you thought about yeah. this? You know he was actually very friendly and very mm-hmm. affirming. We became friends, and I brought him to both the church that I, I pastored in Willow and uh, in Chicago and in San Antonio and had him mm-hmm. in the audience I mean had him I was interviewing him yeah and he and I said what would it take Hemet for you to believe and he said it's not facts I have a I have a I have a I have an a, a counterbalanced argument for everything so don't try to win me with arguments I've already got them all and he was super smart and he said it would take an experience yeah. I said kind of like the Apostle Paul had on the road to Damascus and he looked at me like Yeah, kind of like that. And I think that a lot of people are looking for some sort of uh, evidence and some sort of experience. And I don't want to be the one who meets Jesus face to face one day and says, man, why did you kick against the pricks? That's the old uh, King James version of that (laughs) What he said to Paul, why are you trying to stop what I'm trying to do? Let it go. And I don't want to be that guy. At the same time, though, as a shepherd, uh, we want to uh, protect the body Mm -hmm. from these extreme abusive Uh, versions of it, right?
0: Well, and in a church, you know, we're dealing with something that is fundamentally based on a miracle, right? In other words, if Jesus isn't risen from the dead, let's go play golf because all Mm -hmm. this is meaningless. Mm -hmm. So everything that we are about is fundamentally rooted in this this sense that the supernatural has interacted with the natural and done something Mm -hmm. transcendent. And so we... I would pray that our church, our church cultures, our worship, our messages, our prayer, say, when people come and they're not believers, it's like they're coming to a church, they know they're coming to a church. Mm-hmm. We should give them something that points them to the transcendent, yeah, that points them to the supernatural. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, that's really what they want. They really want They want, it. want yeah. something they don't understand. They that, want something that transcends their intellect. They want a God that is bigger than their imagination. That's exactly right. And, and we have that. But we very often, we we put him in this box Mm -hmm. that is, you know, systematic and easy, and we put handles on it so that we, you know, we have a God that we've domesticated to look like us, and and then people come, and we wonder why they're not attracted to that.
1: Yeah, you know, yeah, Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, one of the things I thought we should chat about, I do want to talk to, to tell the folks, maybe we could put it in the show notes, about a a spiritual gifts test that I like. Yeah. Uh, and then we can give them the link and tell them how to actually right. do it. But I think, you know, like, so what if a person is connected to West side, either online or on site, what what might they expect from us? I mean, uh, are you going to break out in tongues or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever? Or what, you know, kind of what is our overall, uh, you know, you know, what is our overall point of view right. on that? What, what would you say? I mean, we're two pastors of this church. Right. Uh,
0: well, I, I would say that whether we like it or not, we're rooted in our, our own histories and our own church culture. And it's, and it's, it's kind of like the, the fish doesn't know it's wet. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we're in this culture that probably isn't as open to a leading of the Spirit as we would like to think it is. Yeah. And I pray that we are. I pray that we're pointing people to Jesus and that the Holy Spirit is moving in and through and beyond us in ways that we can't explain and that clearly point to Him and glorify Him. At the same time, I think I'm willing to admit that there could be some things about our domestication of God, our oversimplification of our faith, our own um, fear of a lack of control that perhaps constricts our openness that we don't even really understand. Yeah,
1: Yeah, I'm I'm kind of similar to you, again, coming from that cautious point of view, and I don't like to be cautious because that sounds kind of boring. Uh, (laughs) But at the same time, though, you know, Jesus said, hey, you know, uh, I know you don't want me to leave, but until I leave, you're not going to get the one I'm going to send to you. Mm -hmm. And for us to sort of try to muffle The one that Jesus sent to us, the paracletas the 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 one who comes alongside of us Mm -hmm. and empowers us. Uh, I I I want I want our I want myself, my family, our people to experience that. But I want to do it in a way that's really rooted in something that's authentic Mm -hmm. and something that's genuine, something that comes flows out of the scriptures. And um and 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 uh, you know I'm I'm going to do this series on my my new book. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not a plug for my new book. uh, Go buy it. Yeah, go buy it. Uh (laughs) Buy two. (laughs) and uh, his mighty strength Uh and it's really all about the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you Right. and it's not just talked about in Ephesians 1 it's talked about in Romans 8 and 1 Peter 3 and and right. and you look at the life of Jesus he's trying to point to us the one i'm sending to yeah. you is going to empower your life i take the point of view in the book that most of us don't need a physical mountain moved mm-hmm. but we need a mountain of discouragement moved we need a we, we need a, a a mountain of addiction moved mm-hmm. and that those are the real the the real issues that i'm most concerned about yeah. with the people that we pastor here at Westside uh, and uh, so i'm hoping that we can we, we can uh, uh, open the door a little bit more uh, to the third person of the Trinity yeah. and experience it, uh, Him in authentic ways.
0: Yeah. And maybe, you know, we just ask that God would reveal those things in us that are obstacles to the things we think we want or we claim that we want. You know, and there's that—you can, you can maybe tell me where this is at, where Jesus is in a certain city, and they said, but He didn't do many miracles there because of their faith. Yes. And I, like, wonder, is that us— that he's not going to do much here because we say we have faith, but we really don't.
1: Yeah, I think that's, I think that's a possible interpretation, and I think we should take it to heart mm-hmm. and, uh, and 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 open up open up our lives uh, to letting God move in us, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, you know, follow the pattern of Jesus, align your life to the will of the Father, and yeah. yield to the power of the Spirit yeah. within you, is I think the, is a Trinitarian sort of encounter yeah. that we need to experience every day. Gosh, that's beautiful.
0: Well, you know, just a couple of quick things is in response as we start to wrap this up here, that... Scripture is going to tell us, once again, always to to measure any of these experiences against Scripture. In Galatians chapter 1, Paul writes, But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let them be under God's curse. In other words, if they're bringing you a different gospel, you know it's not from God. That's right. Right. And then um, at the same time, in 1 Thessalonians 5, Do not quench the Spirit, do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all Hold on to what is good and reject every kind of evil. So he's just saying, hey, you know, if something like this God should bless, and maybe something like this should manifest itself in your local church, test it, measure it against the word of God, and reject it if there's something evil. And if it's bringing glory to God, if it's pointing people to Jesus, uh, if it's congruent with the scripture, then we can probably say, well, at the very least, You know, it's some kind of blessing.
1: Yeah, Um, that's really good. You know,
0: so what is the fruit? Is Jesus glorified or is the experience being glorified? And I would would offer this. I think the great diffuser of all the abuses, whether it's uh, manifestations of miraculous signs, whether it's behavior modification or church attendance or tongues or um, our traditions or biblical education, that none of these things are salvific. You know, our yeah. we are, we are faith mm. in Christ, mm. our, our relationship with God is not secured by grace plus church attendance mm-hmm. or grace plus tongues or grace plus uh, behavior modification. It's grace... Alone, Grace alone, yeah. And if we can hold on to that, I think maybe we could glean what is beautiful and what is good from these other traditions and incorporate them into our walk with God without getting all the baggage.
1: I think that is super well said. It it makes the main thing the main thing. And what we're not talking about here is anything to do with your salvation, your relationship Mm -hmm. with God as it relates to that conversion, justification experience. And so let's open up our heart uh, to it. Let's uh, hold each other accountable in the journey Mm -hmm. and uh, see where God might not take us can I tell about the spiritual gifts testing real yeah quick? please and then I'll let you wrap it up so um, there's a spiritual gift test and we'll put it in the uh, we'll put it in the in the show notes uh, that I uh, a young guy in Austin put it together and and we kind of worked with him on coming up with without taking out like prophecy but keeping it in there but coming up with a definition for it mm-hmm. that may not make it so like Isaiah-ish, you uh-huh. know, kind of yeah. thing, but more like maybe someone with a word of knowledge or prophecy is someone who has the gift of kind of seeing in the future, and we know people even far from God who have been given by God a gift to kind of be, you know, can mm-hmm. see the future, can kind of just see it, but the the gift is God adds a spiritual dimension to it, and that its purposes are not for me, but the purposes are for the kingdom of God, right. and that maybe someone has that maybe natural gift that's being repurposed uh, mm-hmm. For the kingdom of God and the sensitivity to that, I think that's a pretty fascinating point of view. You know, so the spiritual gift test we we'll put it in the show notes. You take it, and when you finish it, I'll put it up here. you can't see it. Uh, <laughs> I'll put it up uh, I, when you finish it, it. You'll see the results. You need to email the results to yourself, right. and uh, and then it, uh, then send the the app to another friend, mm-hmm. your wife, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, one of your kids, and get you know one or two other people to take the test on you mm-hmm. and have them email the results to you and compare the 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 what you think is your your number one spiritual gift mm-hmm. and where you're weak uh, to the what right. others have said to you and I think there's something very biblical about mm-hmm. about the body of Christ affirming you see this in the new testament with Paul and Timothy where the elders are affirming the gifts that they saw in Timothy yeah. when he was in a place where he was he was being timid about his gifts mm-hmm. or denying his gifts, I think that we can we can affirm each other's gifts. And you right. might just walk away with something super practical here that says, you know, God has instilled something in me that if I work in concert with other believers, right. then the kingdom of God can move forward and tr- right. miracles can take place in the lives of people being transformed in the image of Christ.
0: Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah, and we've all had people who've looked at us and said, I see this in you. Yeah. I see, and this is a mechanism to kind of just do that and just say, really say, wow, really? You really think that that's what I have? You think that's what I have to offer the kingdom? I think that's a beautiful you
1: thing. You know, uh, just real quick, because I know we need to wrap up. You know, we, we start these never thinking we're going to have much to say, and then we have a hard time <laughs> shutting it down. Because yeah. we realize we've been—I've been trafficking in the Scriptures as a, a serious—for 40-some years now, yeah. and like you yeah. have. I mean, I have a—I spent a lot of time in my day doing this thing, so I've got a lot built up in mm-hmm. me that I want to talk about. But Roseanne and I did this, and uh, it was really quite— uh, we had some pretty tearful moments when, cool. when, when the— when we, we I, you know, I remember Roseanne and I have almost the opposite gifts, which really makes us a great, right. uh, it's how the body works, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, I think it's make it, it made it great for us to raise our kids because there's been the, that balance there. And, and I had one of her top gifts is the gift of faith, which is one of the things mm-hmm. that in there. And they have this particular definition and some questions you answered. And she said, she always thinks it's mercy and hospitality, you know, things that a good pastor's wife's supposed to have in her makeup, you know. And I said, no, Faith. I, I I see faith, and yeah. she just began to cry. It's like I, I think you may be right, but I didn't I didn't know it was that right. strong. And it's just a, such an affirming, mm-hmm. affirming thing uh, to be able to take this conversation right. and use it in a way to build up uh, members. of And the who knows Christ. what
0: other voices she's been hearing in her in her heart for years and years and years maybe that the enemy has been using to uh repress the expression of that gift yeah and you just open it up for her yeah by observing that so really that's a good amazing. outcome you know maybe <laughs> you, you finish
1: this podcast and say i have no earthly idea what view i'm going to take i'm thinking yeah. i'm going to go caution that seems right. to be Let's the right cautious that's the safe, boring you're willing to migrate but at yeah. the end of the day something super practical yeah. can come out of this
0: well just you know for those of you who are watching this or listening to this we just want you to know What a privilege it is for us to get to do this, to share a little bit of our experience, a little bit of our hearts, and a little bit of our perspective with you. Hopefully that it's a blessing and an encouragement to you. And if you're someone who has walked with one of these other perspectives, like you're a continualist or cessationist, or you've had experiences with some of the more kind of extreme versions of uh, the charismatic gifts, we want you to know no one is condemning you mm. and no one is saying that you're a phony or a fake or, no. or that you're manipulating something that's above our pay grade. That's between you and God. Mm. What we want to do is we want to bless you and we mm. want to encourage you. And we want to point you at all times at the end of the day, follow Jesus, keep saying yes to him. Mm. And, uh, you could do a whole lot worse. Mm. <laughs> so God bless you. Thank you so much for being a part of this. And we will talk to you next time. We hope the conversation has challenged you and perhaps sparked some new ideas. If you'd like some additional notes and helpful links, visit the episode page at westsidefamily.church podcast. And if you have questions, we'd love to hear them. Our last episode of the season, we'll devote an entire show to your questions. So you can also tell us what topics you'd like to hear and discuss in the future. Thank you for joining us today
1: and God bless you.